Hello everyone, my name is Anis Medikopoulos and welcome to my brand new podcast. It's a podcast where I can talk to musicians and guests about music, but also songs and albums and bands that I've enjoyed lately. As someone with autism, I love getting passionate about indie pop and a free-flowing conversation. My first guest is Tom Honey, who makes ambient music under the alias Good Weather for an Airstrike. We spoke about the impact that COVID-19 is having on live music venues and how important it is to watch live music. During our conversation, the Liverpool versus Chelsea game was showing on the TV, which added to the atmosphere. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Tom Honey from Good Weather for an Airstrike. I hope you enjoy it. Hello everyone. So, um, so... I'm here at the Mucky Duck in Winchester, um, and I'm here with uh, Tom Honey from Good Weather for an Airstrike. Hello, Miss. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Very, very good, thank you. Good oh, good. Grabbing a, uh, grabbing a drink. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Especially like in this, in this climate, definitely. Like in this like lockdown climate, it's kind of it's kind of what's needed, really, isn't it? I mean, what like what drink have you got? I've gone for a uh, record link world berry. How have you got for man? You're on the orange juice. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the orange juice. I'm kind <laughs> of. Um, I went. I, I went a bit hard with it earlier, so so I'm kind of ha- chilling out a bit. Go, going on the orange juice, but yeah, like. Um, so what? Like what have you kind of been listening to lately? Like music-wise, music-wise, I've got a lot of few improvements going on at the moment. Um, to punish a new up, it's really awesome. Uh, I've heard that. Well worth it. Like, new soccer mummy album as well. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah I've I've, I've I've only heard um I've only heard Circle the Drain. Circle the Drain is a it's huge beast of a song. So so good. Yeah, I think it's weird because I kind of half got into her stuff. But not massively previously, but this album for whatever reason, I was like, I've really taken to it and it's so good. I mean, there's also had Cloth the album as well. Oh, Cloth, like, is that the one from last year? I think it was maybe beginning of this year, so it was almost. It's so good, man. It's it's just, I love how I love how ambient it is, and it's like. You've got like you've got the amp the, like the sort of ambient guitars yeah. and the like. I thought it was just gonna be an instrumental album, but you know you hear the vocals and it's just fucking quality. I think the um, yeah, I think that's exactly it because it is almost like a perfect blend of ambience and like indie pop, indie rock. At the same yeah, time. And, like I'm pretty sure it literally is just guitar, bass, drums, but. It's all just done so well, so well. It's kind of the, like the production, the production, like when I heard it, it was very like ethereal, you know? Definitely almost like a shoegazy film. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's, what I, that's what I thought when I heard it, but like, no, it's it's really, really awesome. You know? So I think they're all from Scotland. Uh, Are they? I think so. And they're so many decent bands like Ethereum. Oh, mate, like Scotland's got some mad. um, Scotland's always been great for music, but especially with like labels as well. Well, I'm just even if you think just like Mogwai. Oh, Mogwai, a classic, mate. Perfect post rock, beyond belief. They've got this album called Come On Die Young. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. What's that? Oh, I don't know. Happy, oh, happy songs for sad people, whatever it's called. Oh, yes. Or either way around. Don't know that one. First album I've got to mm. like and that's mm. amazing because they kind of incorporate quite a lot of electronic sounds. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Which I think it's really nice. It always works when post rock goes mm. in a little bit electronic as well. Because it's kind, it, it kind of um, what I love about post rock is that it takes a lot of different elements, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. You can have a bit of synth in there, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it just adds it just adds to the ambience. Yeah, ambience. It's kind of like uh, what are they called? And if you'll know us by the trail of yeah, red, yeah, the dead, yeah, yeah. they're great. They're I've them in years. No, they're great. They've got quite a lot of like proper 
prog metal type sound. Yeah. Oh, do they? I thought they were just an indie band, but. Yeah, no, they. Yeah. I think they're possibly more like their earlier stuff. Pretty heavy as well. Um, same with Mogwai, going back to be fair. Mogwai, Mogwai, Mogwai can go heavy. They go. Mogwai can go heavy, like when they when they increase the distortion, it's just. Oh man, it's nuts. Have you ever seen them live? No. Ah, no, I haven't seen them live either. But they were touring not too long ago. Yeah. I couldn't for whatever reason go with a total pain, but I was well up for going. Everybody that I know that sees Mogwai just says they are incredible. This is what I've heard as well. This is what I've heard. Yeah, yeah. It's strange because I remember, I think it, I think it was Mogwai, just reading an interview with them. Yeah. And they basically don't, re- none of them really listen to post rock. So it's just a bit like they've obviously got their own little niche individually of what they all listen to and it just happens to come out as post rock. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So it's almost, yeah, it's different. It's cool though, to be fair, even recently, I don't listen to as much ambient as I used to listen to. Um, but yeah, then that's primarily what I make ambient music wise. Um but what I want to talk to you about today is kind of obviously that this podcast is basically it's kind of one strict idea but it can go off on an, on a tangent. Sounds perfect. But yeah, um did you I mean did you hear about the whole the situation in Manchester and Hull so basically the Gorilla and the Deaf Institute in Manchester which are two really sort of important venues like community driven really like open spaces in Manchester they both shut which was just devastating for, the, for like the music scene in Manchester and the music scene as a whole. Um, so they initially shut, and also the Welly and the Polar Bear in Hull um, oh, wow. shut as well. Was that recently as well? Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was. Is that post lockdown or pre lockdown? Post lockdown, like wow. the other week, two weeks ago. But luckily, the Gorilla and the Deaf Institute have um, like they've they've got some that they've been they've been saved like they've had like a oh, really? buyer come in which is really really good not even through like um, crowdfunding or anything sorry not through crowdfunding they've actually been like bought out I think it's I, I think they've been bought out but it's, it's, it's great like I mean um you know, like as a as a musician, like I mean, what like why is it important for venues to sort of um, like what like why like, why do you think it's important that venues exist? You know, I mean, especially for more not necessarily my type of music, but if you're looking at you know like the metal scene like the indie scene especially you've got to be playing these type of gigs to you know get your fan base going and I think without any of these you know it's like more indie venues there's not going to be a lot left because you can't go from not playing any gigs to expect to be playing at Wembley or playing at Reading and Leeds Festival this is where you kind of learn your trade isn't it like, yeah yeah like you've got you, you've got the whole like toilet venues have like the sort of you've got um, you've got to play dives you do, like, you do. Uh, and they are obviously you get slightly bad reputations for like the smaller tiny venues but they are the best venues man like they some are. of the best gigs I've been to have been at like the really your feet are sticking to the ground and um <laughs> and you you can't you know what you're getting with with like smaller venues as well it's like um like you could like you can feel the atmosphere like the people who the people who you you go and see or if you like play there you you kind of know that you know they're committed to seeing you 100 percent. and i think that's part of it i'm there's a lot of bands who 
you know, even like a couple of years ago, I think in Shikari were doing a full tour. Um, but they just wanted to do a couple of warm-up sets in, like, was that the joiners? Yeah, they they, they did, because they, um, they did do a warm-up set at the joiners, yeah. I think partly to give it, to sort of give it funding. Yeah, like, yeah, because they were Yeah, because I, I remember, like, um, it was, it was gonna, it was gonna go bust, and they needed, they needed to raise a lot of money, yeah. which, Frank, which fair play to him. Frank Turner did recently. I did it. Um, he did an Instagram set, um, which I think and, he did something called the Railway Winchester as well. Oh, did he? Ah, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, but um, I know I know um, Enter Shikari did it as well. Um, they and it. I mean, knowing how big Shikari are, it it sold out like. I crazy. Have no doubt that that probably took about two minutes to sell. I, I wanted a ticket, man. I think that was maybe a couple of days before Boomtown. Yes, yes, it was. Yes, I remember it was because it was uh, mid mid August. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and it was about I think a week before Boomtown. But yeah, I mean, this is exactly it. So I think a lot of bands. I guess it's similar to like stand-up musicians, uh, stand-up musicians, stand-up uh, comedians, and stuff, yeah. that they want to have, they want to test their material out and just get warmed up. And playing the smaller venues, especially if you're a massive band like Shikari, and you play the little bar, little venues, and there's a hundred people in there, say, but they're all, all no word for word, everything. That's just that is. A, a magic moment just and given 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 it back like you say i mean bands like shikari started out at these tiny venues and yeah. they probably were played in front of eight people like we all do when we yeah. start out <laughs> like, yeah. I, exactly I mean i saw i saw uh, milk teeth and employed to serve uh, yeah. at the joiners a few years back and i mean they were um i mean for those who don't know, Milk, Milk Teeth are kind of a kind of rock grunge type band, like kind of post grunge, and Employed cool. to Serve a more. They're a metal band, but they take like influence from grindcore and yeah. metalcore and hardcore as well. Um, Is that the joiners as well? Yeah, so, so they, they, they went on tour. They went on tour. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was on like. They had. Uh, they want the front cover. They want the front cover of Koran, um, and I thought this is fucking mental. This is really, really awesome. Just like seeing two bands who I'm big fan of, um, but they played the Joiners and it sold out. Yeah, sold out, and it was fucking brilliant, man. It I mean, I've always kind yeah. of figured. I mean. I'd rather be playing at a venue, a smaller venue, with you know the forty people in, than a massive venue with forty people in, because it feels so much more, you know, tight in there, and it just atmosphere-wise. And I think without that, like say without those venues, I mean, how are you, how are bands supposed to survive? Yeah, with none of the smaller indie venues, because. Promoters aren't going to want to hire out bigger venues, knowing that they might sell ten, ten tickets. No, because it's like, going gonna, it's gonna to cost a lot anyway. Oh, Especially in certain cities, there's only a few venues. Yeah. So if you think, for example, where we are right now, Winchester, we've got the railway, and thankfully we've got a new venue which is amazing called the Nutshell. Yeah. They're just starting out, which is great. But I mean. And they've only been open for maybe two years, um, and then he just started looking into doing a lot more live stuff. But outside of the railway, you don't really have much at all, do you, in Winchester? No, not. I, um, I think the railway and the nutshell are the only um, venues I can think of in Winchester. Yeah, I mean, you have your, like your little pubs. Obviously, we have you know your, your uh, cover bands and stuff there. Yeah, but yeah, it's a shame, and it'd be. It'd be crap to see all of these places go. It really would. I mean, is there one in particular that you like stands out for you? Means that you're like a little bit worried about. I was worried about the joiners, to be honest. Is that how they look at the room? I mean, no, no, no. I mean, as far as I know, 
I mean, they they've just they've just booked Creeper like Creeper like this massive. They played Guildhall, didn't they? Not long ago. Yeah, I, I I went to that show. It was oh, really? it was it was uh, about two two three years ago. It was fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, they've just they, they've just booked uh, three nights at the Joiners. So oh, they've cool. released three EPs and obviously one album, Eternity in New Arms, mm-hmm. which um, is like massive. But for these three nights at the Joiners, they're playing um, they're playing. They're three EPs across the three nights. Oh, that's cool. What? We, yeah. Separately. Yeah, oh, yeah, cool. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm gonna go on the. F- I, I'm going. I I was lucky enough to book my ticket on the first night, Bonus. which is I'm. It's I'm still fucking gobsmacked. I'm even booking it. <laughs> I've even got it. When's because it actually? When actually is it? December. Okay. So this yeah. Thing, I mean, like, how do you like? Yeah. I mean, with. The- Way back, you know, when this all kind of started kicking off, like March, April, bands, um, including myself, were having to cancel stuff. Yeah. So you had an anthem, for example. They had to cancel a bunch of shows, but then they put them back to September. Um, and now they obviously have had to cancel that as well. Oh, and it just seems really? So that's pushed back to January, and even to me, that feels like, oh, January's not exactly a certainty, is it? Are they going to have to cancel another one? It's a bit of a letdown, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, you know, you, you know, like obviously, bands have to fit around when they think is okay yeah. to play shows. But this thing, I mean, the tour that we um, had to cancel with Signal Hill, mm. we kind of like. Uh, no real point of booking this in again at the time, I mean, especially with Signal Hill coming over from the States. I mean, they've probably lost, crikey, I, I dread to think how much money they've lost over can- having to cancel flights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's mad though, but isn't it? It yeah. is, it's not great. I mean, yeah, I'm like going back to the venues thing, even I think one of the venues that we were due to play in Bradford. Um, okay. Pretty sure they've had to place. Well, it's the last one of the venues. Um, yeah, can I grab uh, another record link? Yeah, the Wildberry one. Yeah, thank can you. Can I grab a record link as well, please? Yeah, same flavour? Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Bradford. Oh, I'm feeling really terrible, I can't remember the name of the venue. Um, but yeah, I think they've, they're struggling now. Yeah. And that was only four months ago that we were due to play there. It's hard though because like oh! Liverpool just scored, nice, nice. You right? You right over there mate? <laughs> yeah. No, it's just uh It's it's hard though because um these venues are just a really big part of the community. It's like we actually haven't got any of the Wildberry left. We've got either got strawberry and lime, spice and plum, or we've got um, apple. We took a quick break to drink a pint of Recorder League plum cider. And now back to the show. So, yeah, like, um, so going back to the whole, like, venues being at the heart of the community, I mean, I think, I think that if a venue closed, if a venue in a small town closed, it would have a significant impact on people's nightlife, yeah. and and the bands as well. Because and I think like why like why do you think like I want to get your opinion like why do you think that is? You know, if a, well, especially if you've got like local bands, like you say. I mean, you've got. If you look now at you know the biggest indie bands, indie rock bands, rock bands, metal bands in England, so let's say take Arctic Monkeys for example, like is it Sheffield there from? Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty as far as I'm, and this is obviously going back probably what ten years, however long they've been around. For now. But they were clearly going to be playing at the tiny venues in Sheffield at the time, just just working their way through. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, don't quote me on this, but I think they got you know spotted at one of these venues. Maybe I think they kind of got bigger through like MySpace at the time. Yeah, they did. Um, um, so they they sort of started out on MySpace yeah. and. I think they, I think they just snowballed through MySpace because yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's, they, they, you know, it is these little venues that they started out at, and the, and you kind of, 
a lot of people don't kind of realise that, as daft as that sounds. Because unless you are being played on Radio 1 on the A-list, you've got to start up at these little venues to kind of build your way up. And especially yeah. if you're wanting to be booked on like festival slots, even like the smaller stages, you're going to need to be seen in the first place because nobody's going to... You know, I'm no expert, but I would suggest that nobody's going to book a band without having seen them if you are one of the promoters. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, because that because that's how that's how they get spotted. Absolutely, you know? and you can sound amazing on record. Not necessarily mean that you've got, you know, any kind of live, uh, whatever the word I'm looking for means. Help me out here. <laughs> Just like general, you know, performance like, basically. Yeah, it, 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 it can be nothing because we've been talking recently about like logic and stuff. Logic's incredible, and like. You can make you can you, you can make anything on Logic. So Logic's yeah. like a production software, and it can make you sound amazing. Yeah, and like doesn't mean that you're good actually live performing no. kind of thing. Because you, you can sit there and play seven thousand takes to make sure you've got the, you've got your guitar riff. Oh right. my god! Yeah. Like, and yeah. believe me, there's been times where I've nearly taken seven thousand takes on certain things I've played mm. before. Like, it's just that because because you you've, you've got you've got to get it right for that yeah. one moment. Yeah. Like I've always, I've always seen like student like if you record in a studio or like whatever you you get a whole load of times to make to get the right take, mm-hmm. but if you do it live, you only get one time. Well, this is the thing, and, and re- you know what? Recently, I was chatting to a mate about this. Yeah, um, about live stuff. And I used to get so really nitpicky about everything that I did live ever. Like, Why? And I would like, you know, something like, oh, I really enjoyed your show like, like tonight, mate. Well done. I'm like, and I'm just sitting again. Yeah, but I messed up the third song, the riff, and and I'm and it's just like, <laughs> shut up. Like, no, one, the chance of anybody noticing that is minimal. Two, it's kind of like I, do you know, I find it quite endearing if I see a band like, and, like, and there's a, like a little. Um, there's a, like a little mistake, sorry Liverpool just going in. Um, there's a little mistake vibe, I kind of find it a little bit endearing. I don't know about you because it's like, oh they are huge. Oh I love it mate, I love it. If any, if anyone like makes a mistake or they, or they might actually, or they might accidentally play the start, start the song in the wrong key, I love it. This because it, it, it shows they're human. So you know um, Mike Kinsella from um, American Football? Yeah. Seen him. I've seen him quite a few times now. And um, I remember seeing him in Brighton. So it's, this is his solo project, which is called Owen. But they were supporting American Football. Um, and he was just like, he was literally mid-song. And then he hit the wrong note. And then he just went, oh, hang on a minute. Like mid-song and just starts like dicking around with his guitar, just trying yeah. to find the note. Then he accidentally, at the same time, presses his distortion pedal. He goes, "Ooh, we'll play a bit of Metallica." Hang on, like, oh, it just love does it. get random Metallica riff. This is just him and his acoustic. And then he just kind of goes, "Oh, right, yeah, I should play my song now." He goes ha- back to it and carries on playing. It's great. I had that I with that. indie tracks. Like I went to see uh, fucking old. It was a. Uh, my my friend Jen, she she's in Comedy Wednesday, but she also has a solo project called Baby Arms, and yeah. um, so Laura, um, who plays bass in the backing band, I saw I saw Baby Arms at Indie Tracks, and so she sort of um, she uh, she kind of you know you, you know in bands like have the first note of the song mm-hmm. so um, the first note of the song was F sharp yeah. and um, and Crazy Trying by, by Ozzy Osbourne is also in the key of F sharp and so she started playing the round with the riff of, F, of a Crazy Train by nice. Ozzy Osbourne I'm like this I'm like oh my god I know this song this this I mean sure. even it's just fun it's cool yeah. man I mean even last summer I saw Block Party wow and um well, yeah, so they so Keely started playing something and it was like, oh, hang on, guys. I'm going to shoot my guitar and like, Brian, you deserve better than this, than my nonsense. Oh, my God. Again, it's just fun. Flipping massive and like, 
Like going back to like I said, nobody cares if you make a mis like the Good. I have made yeah. some absolute howlers, but who cares? But you like as a musician, I suppose like because you have a kind of perfectionist attitude when it comes think, to shows. Yeah. I think it's it it, it cuts you up when you, you make when you make mistakes, you know. It does at the time. I mean I think at the time you're just like kicking yourself. Like I mean, you know what? I had the absolute nightmare. The last gen, the last gig that we played before lockdown started was in October. Okay. Um, Where was that? I was in Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like I forgot to take my tuner with me, so I was in tune. First song done. Um, I had a capo on. Yeah. Take the capo off, and obviously for whatever reason, I'm really out of tune. And I was like. Shit, I haven't got so, and I can't really tune my ear that well. Um, so I literally had to stop. So this is my brother was on um, like keys and stuff. Yeah. So I had to I had to stop everything, get my phone out because it had a had a tuner on. Oh my god, so the guitar tuner. Yeah, and I was just sitting there like fiddling around. I was like, oh, I've oh. and it was like you could hear a pin drop type thing and so I was like this is really awkward so I said I said to my brother do you want to like chuck on a beat or something to keep us going <laughs> forgetting that on your phone it will pick up the sound so my brother was playing like you know something in C so right. all my phone was picking up was C and I was like oh. Oh, and I like so I, from then on I was like this sound I had to like lean in against my guitar yeah try to listen and roughly get it into tune and it was just like oh Man. but it was one of those things at the time I was just dying a little bit inside but it I was also like you know what that's quite funny I'll it, take this like, it kind of makes the gig in a it way does. I mean, and, and as you say, like, the audience don't really think about that sort of shit. And it's like, something that they that will be, a, 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 hopefully, a little bit of a comedy moment for them to take away. And it's like, I've been to gigs where the band, like, I've spoke to the band after the show and they've been like, oh, this wasn't our best gig because it. it was poorly attended. Yeah. But... Me, but but personally, like I had a great time, and that's kind of. Do you know what I saw? You know? Maybe three or four years ago. So you know, my absolute favourite round of the world's world, you know, Cigaros and Apathy Cast. I saw Apathy Cast in Bel- uh, Basingstoke. Okay. And the yeah, venue okay. was. Again. Um, Fucking dominate <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, carry on. Um, yeah, the venue's capacity of maybe 100. I can't remember the name of it. They're closing. Going back, they, they've had to close now as well. Sanctuary Bar, I think it was. Sorry? Like, Sanctuary Bar, does that remember? It's right in, in Bournemouth? Uh, Basingstoke. I've heard of it, but yeah. I've not been. I've no, heard of it, but I've not been. I think they've closed down now. I think they have, yeah. Um, but, but I know they, they, they had a few metal course shows, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I saw cast there, and that was in front of 15 people. And it was absolutely minimal. And, like, mm. for me, standing literally, you know, where we're sitting right now, you know, the allotted two-metre distance. As we right, be, yeah, 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 um, yeah. It was that far away from the from it and you know I had a chat with um, Singer after and it was cool I mean it's like that's oh, really great and, but is it do you know what I don't know how you feel about this because my friend Alan from Minus Pilots we always talk about this and it's kind of like um, gigs are a lot less well attended now um, and we're wondering, you know, why that is. Do you, is it is it a Netflix thing? Is it a? What do you reckon? Fucking hell, that's, that's a good question. I mean, I've been to so many poorly attended indie pop shows to know. I mean, maybe it's a culture thing. Like back in the day, like more people might have been into music. That like people saw music as a solace for escapism, but now you don't like, for example, you look on the train and people are watching Netflix where they might have previously listened to music, 
Maybe it's an, it's fine, you know. Yeah. I mean, I love Netflix as much as the next person. But I think it's more of a cultural shift. It's like you don't see. Sorry, sorry. I mean, no, no, go for it. Go, go, go. You don't see as many people talking about music. Like when I like. You'd, you'd used to ask what music are you into now it's more like what are you watching on TV it's yeah, a cultural you know, shift really like it's a cultural shift because and I think that's, yeah. that's all fine I mean oh yeah and that is what it is and it's just I always find it funny I'll see like a, a band that will announce a tour and it will be like um, all right, it, for our benefit we'll just say Winchester Southampton sure so you'll have somebody that will play in Southampton this is this is a great example but then you'll get somebody that will say I'll come and play in Winchester and it's like it's a 20 minute journey mate like just jump yeah. on the train like you're not going to come and play in your living room it's so it's mad right because because some because some bands would see Winchester as really small yeah. like I remember I remember years ago I mean I I mean Half Band Half Biscuit one of my favourite bands mm-hmm. and I saw them at the Engine Room Southampton great show but I remember years ago um my stepdad, who got me into them, mm. rung up Pro Plus, who are their record label, saying, why don't they play in Winchester? And the guy from Pro Plus said, it's a, it's small. Yeah. And, you know... It's hard, though, because... It is there's, hard. There's it is really, hard. Really a scene in Winchester. Never has been. Well, in, in my eyes, yeah, like it's always been, it's always been like bands from, say, Brighton or Southampton who have come to play gigs in Winchester. Yeah, so you've had a few bands that have kind of gone on. Um, Frank Turner. I mean, I think the only band that can, you know, arguably the biggest band. I think the singer is actually from Watford but I think two of them were in Winchester I think it was like lower than Atlantis weren't they so yeah, the, Eddie was in Winchester the drummer so was Eddie, from Winchester wasn't yeah. he is that, yeah. Eddie is that his name yeah yeah so yeah yeah because yeah. um, yeah, he was from Winchester I think possibly the bassist as well but I mean so you do have a few bands um, and like I said earlier well, like Frank, is Frank Turner actually from Winchester yeah <laughs> yeah he's from he's from Winchester but he studied at Eton okay but yeah he's from he's from Winchester he's got a song called Wessex Boy yeah. which is Basically, referencing everything. Everything yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The crosses, oh my God, they've scored. Yeah. <laughs> I think, but it's. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know. We. It's. It's not really much of a scene. I know. The no, it's. I mean, there has been over the years. You've had like the odd like punk rock scene. I think started for a little while. Um, but this again, again. Yeah. This is when I was about you know, 17, 18. Yeah. And since then, I don't really think... That, I think there's maybe a little bit of a drum and bass thing going on for a little while. Um, I think there was... I think because, like, when you were, like, 17, 18, that was, like, 2005, wasn't it? It must have been, like, 2005. Yeah. And I think there was more of a... There was more of a scene... Like, especially in the sort of indie rock scene, there was more of that in 2005. Yeah, actually, yeah. Like, you had delays coming from Southampton back then, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I think possibly one of the, maybe Carl Barrett lived in. Yeah, I think he'd done a, he'd done a DJ oh, there you set. Go, the chap from, um, the drummer from Razorlight as well. Andy Burrows, yeah, he's yeah. from Winchester. So there's enough going on. I mean, it just doesn't seem to really take off ever here for, for one reason or another. And again, I, don't know you know, why. I wish I could answer that. Like, why it doesn't take off from Winchester. I think because, like, people. I'm talking too much. I'm, I think people see. London as the bright lights of it, you know. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. They see they see London as like the glitz and the glamour, and they. Well, I mean, especially like you say, if you if you are a band coming in from the states. Oh. It does look a bit weird, like on your tour poster, Winchester, rather than you like like or London, Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than playing at Liverpool and London and Glasgow, if you were to sit there and go, we were playing in Winchester and Hull, and it would just—it's not quite the same, like say, glitz and glamour to it. So. I remember when Lemuria, like the the sort of American like emo band, like kind of emo rock indie rock band, they came to Southampton. 
but like they did a tour because they played their um, they played their first album Get Better in its entirety. That's cool. It was released in like 2008, mm-hmm. and I mean I heard it a few years before, about a year or two before I saw them. I thought this was fucking great. But, I mean, like, to be fair, Southampton yeah. get some great, really great bands going. I've Just seen so many bands in Southampton. Down again, the years, like, down the years, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh my God. 20 minutes away. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Who's been, the be- who's been the best band you've seen in Southampton and what venue? I can, uh, I can never, is it Engine Room? I can never remember the name of it. It's the one down the bottom by, the, by so Ikea, many. isn't it? I would argue that Cold of Luna in at the Joiners. Again, that's going back 12, 13 years probably. Wow. That was incredible. And to the point, like we were saying with these small venues. Yeah. I don't know what they're at the moment, but at the time Cold of Luna had like nine members maybe. And like on the stage, they barely fitted on stage. Like it Mate, was... I saw Blood Command fit six members on stage. How can you get nine members on the joiner's stage? That's fucking bad. I'm as far as I know. Yeah, it was. It was wow. It was. Pretty, I mean, I've seen bands play these smaller venues with where they've had to literally extend the stage so people are actually in the audience. Um, I think that the Goblicon done that as well. Actually, what the fuck? It still blows my mind how you can get so many members. Oh on man, unbelievable! It's tiny as well. You've been to the gym. Uh, I've been it's fucking small. So many times. I mean, I've seen a lot of. This is when I was a lot more into metal. Mm. So again, all around the same time, I saw textures, and textures were unbelievable. Like, oh, like, just the technicality was just unbelievable. They are like, you know, they put yourself to shame any time you pick up a guitar. You're like, what? How, what are you actually doing? They're fucking ridiculous, <laughs> aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen so last band that I saw in Southampton. Last year, probably from Love and Criminals, who I've probably now seen about 15 times. I love that. Um, they've always been my like. I've never seen them live. Oh man, they've never good. seen them live. They've on a good show. Huey knows how to. It's work just come. It's just when I think of Fun Love and Criminals, I think you come find yourself. I used to jam the fuck out of that album when I was I'm a more, kid. I'm more of a uh, 100% Colombian. That's her second album, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, oh, man. I don't... Such a great album. Yeah, just man, man. Just relax. Mm. It's perfect road trip album. And, and if it's a sunny day and you go into the beach or something, shove that on and like away you go. I'm going to have to check that out. Oh, I'm going to have to yeah. check that out. That's the one with the uh, Barry White song. Yeah. What's that song called? Love you know? Unlimited. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. That's a, that that's a great track. Great album. track. Which is, it's, it's such an underrated album. I, I, yeah. I would potentially argue I prefer it over Come Find Yourself. Okay. But Come Find Yourself is flipping great album. I listen to, I listen to it for the first time in about maybe 10, 12 years mm. um, and it just reminded me of when I was a kid just listening like having that on in the background Man, and it was such like such a cool album it just, like every song just oh it's brilliant I remember this is maybe when my daughter was maybe about four yeah and uh, you know what kind of which criminal song it was but it came on and bear in mind this was a four year old and she literally turned you and this is such a cool song and I was like yes it is it transcends like, age that's the that's thing with it FLC man, it, is, man. it transcends age like we used to go on like long journeys to Hull on weekends and we just we just have like fucking King of New York and oh, Scooby Snacks like the entire fucking way. I can't, I can't say enough about it. Oh, so good, man. Like really? I say, I, honestly, I think I've seen them maybe 15 times. Yeah. And I've never walked away again. Oh, that was that wasn't great. It's always just been cool. And like for whatever reason, the audience are always so chill, which yeah. I would maybe 
suggest is down to some kind of um, narcotic for a few people. Of course, of course. <laughs> but um, it's always just such a great vibe, and like everybody's there just having fun. And I think that's massive. And I think that's one thing that I, again, I fear if these bands, if these venues are closing. You know, it's just it's it's a problem. I mean, this is another thing. You know, when I was 17, 18, yeah. and I started getting into post rock and out. Yeah. Very few of my mates gave a toss about that. So it was a bit, you know, we all alone. Like I said, I was really into metal and rock and yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. But like Ambient was something completely different. And post rock, in some respects, was completely different. Yeah. Because, you know, rather than having a four minute song, we're looking at, you know, 10, 15 minutes on this point. Yeah. So knowing that there are other people out there wanting to see these gigs is great. It, it, like opened up a whole new world like you? knowing people who, who want to see the same band as Absolutely. you yeah I find that with indie pop like especially more so down here than up north oh really uh yeah what is it there's more of a scene down south than there is I think no I've noticed with indie pop shows they're more well received up north apart from the say okay. London like, yeah, yeah, yeah like um, have you been to many in Brighton? Because Brighton always feels bad. I haven't been to a single gig in Brighton, you know. Okay. Um, but, I mean, I saw Half Man Half Biscuit twice in, obviously, Southampton at the Engine Rooms, but I also saw them at the Plug in Sheffield, and there was a... I, I think, because they're from up north, maybe there was, like, a significant difference, because when I saw them in Sheffield, it was, like something else mm-hmm. it was like people were more into it yeah and it's probably i mean i've i mean the north the most like even the most northern i've seen the lovely eggs who are from lancaster lancaster the most north i've seen them is um indie tracks a few times mm-hmm. and how, how was the vibe at like indie tracks is it quite because obviously everybody is there knowing what to expect. So yeah, pretty, like... pretty much for like, for like, um, I mean, the good thing about any tracks is there's so, like every year you'll see a band who you will never have heard of before and you'll come away like, this is my, this is like my favourite band ever. Yeah, I find you the know? same with like, um, Art you know? Like yeah. Andrew, it's just like yeah. went there. This is the year that American football, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. Oh wow, Godspeed you, Black Emperor. Yeah. Oh, wow. God God Black Emperor were there. That festival. Yeah, I, that's the. I've been a massive fan of Caspian for years. That's the first time I've seen Caspian, and like, how, how many shows have you been to when you you're just standing there and you're just like in awe? Um, I was just stood there, and the whole audience, and we were all just kind of like, I have, like, we all kind of just like standing there, what the hell? This is incredible. Like, they were so. Yeah, so good. I think I've been. I, I think I've only been to a few shows where everyone in the audience was like super transfixed. Yeah, about, this is exa- that's you a know? great word. That's exactly it. Because what you're saying is that the audience is just full on um, feeling the band's performance. Absolutely. I've only been to a few where they've actually felt it, and yep. most of, for me personally, most of them have been like, "Thank you." Um, most of them have been most of them have been like at indie tracks. Yeah. You know? I mean cause you, I don't think you've been to many post rock shows, have you? Sorry? You haven't been to many post rock shows. No, I haven't. I don't I mean, no I haven't. That's going back to like we were saying, that's if you're into post rock. Yeah. Everybody's there, kind of like used to this sound. So if you were to shove on, you know, cigarettes at random festival, I don't think it. I mean, like I could be completely wrong, but it wouldn't be like the same vibe as as seeing them for seeing. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't because cigarettes were again. Similar to the Casper thing, but the first time I saw Sigros, I was just like, the no- it's just a wall of noise and incredible. Noise. Well, like, unbelievable. I bet. Oh, sorry, I interrupted you there. No, man, no, 
no, no, I'm just, I'm just taking it in. Yeah. But yeah, wow. Like, same with Caspian as well, like, because, you know, what I love about Caspian, especially on a new album, they, the, the recent album, I'm, I'm really bad with what it's called, but it's... Uh, Circles and Circles. Yes! But um, they, they blend post-rock ambience with heavy metal, and it's yeah. kind of... For me, it's rare seeing a band do that well, oh, and you know? Just, and just top of their game and doing it. I, I mean, mean Caspian have done it for how long? Oh, I mean, I, I feel like about 2010, so it probably is... Yeah. Like, maybe even a bit earlier, but uh, 10 years, let's say. Because I remember one of... Um, one of uh, when I was at uni, like one of my mates at uni was showing me, showing me some of their songs. I'm thinking, this is pretty sick. This is like kind of Radiohead type thing. Like, it's refreshing. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I can't experiment uh, with their sound. I review a lot of post. Uh, I review a lot of post rock, but yeah. I and just the find Caspi- Caspian stick out. Oh man, you know. Oh, that's, that's what I'm gonna say. Absolutely, like you say, I think I think because they toured with I think they toured with like Catatonia, for example. What um, the um, like? See, there's two types, like the metal Catatonia, the metal cat, not not the because uh, there's and because, Catatonia. Yeah. because there's uh, there's like the metal Catatonia, yeah, yeah, the K, and then there's the kind of Britpop indie Catatonia. Uh, with Keris Matthews, yeah. but you're thinking I the metal cast. Yes, yes, yes. Who again? Yes. Actually, oh, so I don't know. I don't actually know very much by them, no. but yeah. So a Catatonia actually might be my Southampton go-to gig. I just realised. Okay, one yeah. Was the best. Anyway, mm. but yes, yeah, so they talked with them, and obviously they're a bit more prog, prog metally, almost like their early stuff was a lot more doom. Yeah, yeah, and you can you kind of see how Caspian have evolved over the years. Yeah. They've always been a little bit heavy, but you can feel like they they know when to go heavy. And like, I'm wondering how much that is influenced by playing live, knowing like we can get this kind of sound going, it's going to sound so good. I think they... It's difficult because I'm not in a band, but as someone who watches live view, live music frequently, you kind of get an idea. You sort of come on stage and you get an idea of what the crowd will be like yeah. and how they conduct themselves. Uh, but then you get some bands who just they'll just do whatever the fuck they like and how much right here's yeah. a question for you Amiz okay I know it's uh, technically meant to be questions for me but I'm going I'm, I'm fucking it. it hit me how much do you see image of a band now relevant to the music that they play sorry like image how much relevance do you put into that seeing a band like if you were to go to a gig and before they've even hit a note and you've seen them like you know certain if they're wearing certain you know just say because you wouldn't let's generalise here you wouldn't see a metal band come on stage in like tracky bottoms well how much you say that I've been to so many metalcore shows where they have sort of looked like like the met, like the sort of metal metalcore dudes like they've looked like reg, like regular dudes. I mean one one thing that sticks out, one thing that really fucking sticks out for me. I saw Holding Absence about three years ago support Create to Inspire at the Joiners, and they were fucking great. They stuck out. They they really stuck out for me because. They had the metalcore side, but the singer. Um, oh my god, it's really bad, but I've forgotten his name. <laughs> but um, but he 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 had a really kind of soulful voice. He had a really good like clean like his clean vocals were great. And I spoke to him after the show, and he was like, 
I'm, I'm really into shoegaze. He was really, really into a shoegaze, like kind of My Bloody Valentine and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. I'm like, fucking, at the time I was like, fucking fair play, like I can see that. What you label uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no worries. No worries. But no, I was like, uh, I came out thinking, I fucking rate this band. I hope they get big. And then they support Creeper. They're supporting Creeper. And they're, they're, they're like, get, they're, they're getting big gigs. I'm like, fucking big up, you know? Like, that's the thing with gigs, man. That's the thing with small gigs because, because you'll get so you'll get someone coming out of that buying a t-shirt, and they'll be like, I'm I'm a fan of this band. I I really, you know, and then they'll come. They they, they might see other, they they might look at other bands like Loaf who toured with Holding Absence as well, and they might look. They, they might get into something heavier like that. Well, I mean, the yeah. only reason I can have asked that question is because I swear in the last 10, 15 years, there seems to have been a shift in that 15 years ago, when I was, you know, 17 or whatever, I would go and see a metal band. And you'd have, you know, everyone would have to be wearing black. And you'd have to have your beards and you have to have your long hair. And you'd stick out like a sore thumb if you weren't wearing these things. Whereas now it feels a little bit more like music. I, I'm wondering how much of that is down to like streaming and stuff, where it's so much more accessible to everyone. I that, think that's that, great. Maybe that, I don't know, maybe I'm just looking, maybe I'm being a bit too uh, heavy into looking at this, but... No, I mean, you look at the success. I mean, I don't really rate Arsenal Alexandria that much. I mean, I like some of their songs, but you know, they're fucking. They do, like if you look at Arsenal Alexandria, they don't look like your typical metal dudes. Uh, but I think. I think if I remember, they got success through like streaming and yeah. MySpace, and maybe I'm not saying at all that they're part of the shift, but there is, you've got a very good point saying that the shift to more digital, um, to, to more digi digital means of listening to music has made people think it's not about what they look like it's yeah. what they sound like and that's what that's poor oh. oh, no. that's all right beg your pardon that will do well for me that will do anyway Oh, is it two separate flavours? I'll have the spice plum please yeah. I'll go plum as well thank you very um, good. But yeah. Yeah, yeah no, no. I mean, what what do you think of that? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think because that's the only thing that I've ever really put like put it down to is possibly that it is it is that you've got a chance to listen to so much more. I mean, you know, the fact it like you, you've got the world at your fingertips music-wise now. Yeah. In that you can sit there and go from Marvin Gaye to you know textures like we said earlier on, and then back to Death Cab. It is like literally jump, 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 jump. Which, which in my eyes is absolutely because I feel like. You sound like a bit of a, uh, a bit of a douche, but I have such an eclectic taste. I've never kind of gone. I am a metal boy. I am. A, I've always just been like, oh, I just listen to what's good. And like, I'm the same man. Like, I mean, I can go from fucking Slayer to Chemical Brothers to Oasis to Colour Me Wednesday. You know, why, why narrow yourself down to one genre? There's so much to listen to. Music is amazing. It's, why would you? It's funny because I think for me, music production has really helped me with that. Yeah. Because when I when I started doing music production when I was like 18. 17, 18, I realised that you can't narrow yourself down because like 
So what if you're like a, an indie rock dude who listens to, who makes electronic ambient music? That doesn't matter if anything. If anything, that broadens yourself out because you can get on with so many more people. That's exactly you that. know. And um, do you know what's what's a bit odd? Like I just realised I mentioned Death Cab. I think that's the first time we met is that I was just wearing a Death Cab t-shirt and you're like, oh, nice t-shirt, I'm, I'm Death Cab. And I was like... Did I say that? I think so. And I, was, I can't remember. And I was it's just like, ooh, Probably somebody else like loves Death Cab. Up, but, but yeah, like with Death Cab, plans. That's an underrated record. They, End of the fucking day. Transatlanticism is, is the one for me. Is that their first album? No. Maybe third album? But honestly, the one with you're not a tourist. No. No, this has got um, like the new year. And just stick it on, man. When you, yeah, when man. You know, it's such a great. Yeah, like, man. It's, yeah. It's one of those albums for me personally, at least, where literally like flick it on, and I was just like, the yeah. new. So the opening track's called the new year. Um, and it's just like a little bit of ambience and then bam it's into it and it's so good and I've been such a nerd for the last however many years since first hearing that record yeah. <laughs> that I always make sure and this is really sad the first song I listen to every year is The New Year by Jeff Cat. I love and it's that it's so nerdy it's, continue, it's co- continuity exactly that and it it's is like great. my little um it's like, it's like a tradition. It, kind of it's thing. like for me, I'd probably listen to something like New Year by Big Joni because it. it is like the first lyric is like it's a new year. But it's and so geeky. Because but it's so great. Because right. you kind of you think this is the start of it. This is the start. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, of course, yeah, man. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. It's just. Yeah, it is, but that whole album is so great. Then, I can't. I, I haven't heard it in full, but yeah, yeah. I think I'll. I think I'll listen to it. Like being an indie boy. Yeah, man. I mean, that first Death Cab record you showed me was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. But is that is that, is that plans? Can't it's not plans. It's the one before. Okay, plans. Again. Plans just came out. I think. I think it was. That was I'm gonna sound fucking inaccurate, but that was their second record, wasn't it? Yeah, do you know what? No idea. Couldn't tell you. But I don't know. I it, it all kind Fuck of blends it. in. Decca, but just yeah, so cool. yeah. Like, oh my god, four one. So Liverpool beating Chelsea four one. What the hell? I mean, I know they, I know they had a bit of a blip, but man, mental. Oh, Klopp's, Klopp's lovely teeth. Big so, man, big man um, Klopp. Yeah, yeah. So I completely forgot where our original question was and means we uh, digressed a little bit. Something, it, it was about gigs, wasn't it? It probably was about gigs, but, but have look, you got a stand about gig yourself? Like, like the gig. What, my favourite gig ever? ever? Yeah. I mean, I did mention our final biscuit at the plug in Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Took the day off college for it. Nice. Um, Stay I, in school, school kids. I so. took Goke. Yeah, no, I took the day off college for it. Went up to Sheffield. Yeah. Never been like. I think that was the first time I'd actually gone on the train on my own to Sheffield. Yeah. And I went there. I mean, Half Van Our Biscuit, for those who don't know, are one of my favourite bands, if not my favourite band of all time. And it was my first mosh pit. And Mosh pit at half man. Yeah, man. Like, it was one of these, but you know, it was one of these like post punk mosh pits where it's like shove it, pushing people, kind right, of yeah, yeah. pushing into each other and going like out again. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. It was one of those that doesn't look like a mosh pit but is. Yeah. And they had it was, and they had them at like. I had a show and I saw them later, but, but yeah, going back to that, uh, show in Sheffield, I've never seen them before, and I went and saw them, and it was literally like, I think I heard, I think I lost my voice, I think it was the first, yeah, it was ridiculous, like, I think they covered Holiday in Cambodia, Cambodia by, uh, blah, they covered Holiday in Cambodia by Dead Kennedys, and it was like, I didn't know the song at the time, but I was like, this is fucking crazy. But no, it was 
that's that's stand awesome. out for me. That stand out for me. Yeah, you know? that's great. I love it. Really love it. good atmosphere. That's the thing. And this is the, you know, again, it's like the beauty of music because the average average music listener you know let's just say probably wouldn't know of no yeah. but no. to you that's such a special moment and I think that's just why music is such a big thing in our lives like everybody's so unique and has their own taste oh my god um, yeah, so um, I think that's it yeah and just to like end on the podcast like what what's your Standout gig ever. There's two that always spring to mind. Go on. Um, so again, going back to that Sigaros gig. This is when I've kind of properly, properly got into them the first time. Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably my first post rock gig that I've been to as well. So it was just, you know, like Beyonce plays his bow his guitar which I've wait he seen. plays a bow he plays his guitar with a bow yeah with a bow yeah. and I've never seen that before yeah. being played at all and just that noise there's like Sven Jingla I have no idea if that's pronounced correctly so you may have to uh, you might have to fact check it yeah but playing that live I think that's maybe like the opening track and just hitting that button it's just like oh my god it was just the noise that came out of that I don't know if you've heard of like the bow noise live movies but it's just like literally just slaps you in the face it's a mad noise it's unbelievable they were just so so good but then the other one more I thought to be honest with you I oh. thought that was always going to be my favourite gig ever but seeing Devin Townsend um, oh my god yeah I mean he played the Z2 album like the Ziltoid oh album. man so he played that in full and then he had like a request show afterwards and that was just honestly his whole like he's got his own little um Back in man, so this was when it was Downtown Project. Yeah, every single one of them is just like incredible musician. The production value on the whole set was amazing. Yeah, so um, it like had like a backdrop of Seal Toys and all this stuff. Um, so good, man. Honestly, Seal Toys a great album as well, is. you know. I and listened to it, and, oh my god, but imagine having to explain that to people. What's your favourite show? Uh, Seal Toy Dam. So basically, it's a bunch of puppets, um, alien puppets, and they want to drink a cup of coffee. It's um, basically an alien that goes to, to like this planet and drinks and w- wants a cup of coffee, and he searches for it, trying to find the best coffee. That's what. So that's how you explain Seal Toy to people. It's a perfectly normal album. Yeah. Just, oh yeah. That's what all oh yeah. About. But yeah, that was great, man. And again, uh, that was. Like, how long ago was that maybe four years ago now and that was just do you know I know it was a bit nerdy because Kevin Townsend was kind of like I'll, I'll stick around after the show if anybody wants to have a chat and I was just like you know what I'm doing this I'm going to fanboy this moment so I had a little chat and absolutely the nicest most down to earth guy in the world Devin Townsend like, I've, n- I've never that's sick like, I've never met him before but I I can tell that he's that sort of guy yeah when I saw him at Sonosphere in 2014 that I, I could tell it's like he didn't even want a mosh pit no he was like what can people mean? just pick each other up no he's got a song called Lucky Animals and that was part of the you know, I've seen them in maybe three or four times okay but, uh, oh my god what a game Liverpool 4 Chelsea 2 what a um, game the, um, yeah. yeah, so he's got a song called Lucky Animals. Yeah. And it was, um, so he said, when I get to the chorus, when 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 I shout, um, and we're lucky, I want you all to do jazz hands. Love so that. you get like a thousand people sitting there at this metal show doing like jazz hands in the middle of the song, and it's amazing. It's like such a good I think, yeah, I think you know, those, those are always my two standouts at least. Um, that's sick, yeah. I think that's cool though. That's awesome, that's really, really cool. But, yeah, thank you, for, for, thanks for joining me on the podcast. An I'm really freaking appreciate Always, always lovely to see you. Yeah, you too, man. Um, no, thank you, thank you.
Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Talking about how smaller venues are an integral part of the community opened my eyes because it helps build a relationship with artists and audience, even through little mistakes. It can also help conquer nerves and help the artist get a fan base which will lead them on to bigger things. I want to thank Tom for being the first guest in my podcast. Um, it sounds pretty mental, but no, it, it was it, it was a lot of fun. And the music that you're hearing in the outro is Mora by Good Weather for an Airstrike. If you want to hear more of Tom's songs, go on to goodweatherforanairstrike.bandcamp.com The music you heard in the intro was A State of Bliss, which I made a few years ago. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast and tuning in, and stay safe out there.